Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Mulk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as Funny cricket, greater than good cricket. Ich mag cricket nicht! Oh nein, ich liebes! See Dan Libke for non-cricket stuff. Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Dan Lipke. Hi, glad to be here. Dan, it's lovely to speak with you. I'll start with uh, my first question. In social settings, how do you introduce yourself? Uh, I usually just say, I'm Dan. Uh, apologies in advance. <laughs> Look, that many of us could apply that to our daily lives, I'm sure. No doubt, no doubt. I, yeah, I'm, I, I don't actually go out that much. I'm not much of a social butterfly. I'm, I'm very, very much a homebody. So I don't, don't find myself in too many social situations. So, but when I do, I, yeah, I, I try to be you know, relatively run-of-the-mill about it. Are you someone that um, like chooses to be a homebody or the, you know, there's just only certain people you like to be social with and they're not available often? Uh, mostly, mostly through choice. I'm, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I, I'm basically... It's become very trendy in recent times to describe yourself as an introvert, but regardless of that, I'm going to describe myself as an introvert. I don't, I don't like lots of people. That's why I'm on Twitter. Um, I find mm. it much easier to just type at people than actually meet them. Very on trend, Dan. Well done. Yeah. Uh, now, I need to ask, how bad was my German? Uh, to be honest, I have no idea. I, I, I don't know much German at all myself. Uh, the um, I mean, the, the quote in my Twitter account is, is a translation of... Um, I don't like cricket. No, I love it. From the from the uh, <laughs> song. Yes, and I, I look. My only understanding of doing any kind of German is that it sounds best when it's shouted. Oh, oh yeah, I, I can't help you on, on the German. Oh well, let's let's just assume that we did okay with that. Your passion for cricket is something that uh, plays through fairly heavily on Twitter online. Yep. Where did that come from? Uh, I, I mean, I've loved it as long as I can remember. I've got. Uh, very early memories of watching cricket, you know, from when I was when I was a wee boy, um, mm. you know, eight, nine, ten years old, watching watching certain games, um, and, I've, and I've I've got memories of making fun of cricket going back just about as long. So, I, 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 <laughs> I, there was a school I, I wrote a you know four page comic strip for like a year five class about the future of cricket, and so yeah, oh, it, it's clearly been part of my DNA from the very beginning. So this passion, were you ever a player? Oh, no, no. I'm far, far too bad to be a player. <laughs> I mean, I, I played backyard cricket with my brothers. That's pretty much sure. the extent of it. Um, so, you know, I, I, used, I used to keep track of my runs and how many balls I'd faced uh, to work out my Kit Kat strike rate, good all those stats. kind of things in the backyard. But, yeah, the, n- ne- never good enough to play at any, any level above backyard tormenting of my brothers. <laughs> that's right somebody and the wickets were either what a wheelie bin or a painted on a tree or something like that yeah yeah we we had yeah we had a few different things that we tried sometimes it depended on whether we could get neighbors to play if we got neighbors to play then we'd have an actual wicket keeper my, my brother fancied mm-hmm. himself as a wicket keeper um but if it was just the three of us i have two brothers then we'd usually just you know make make a bin the wicket keeper and we'd have an extra fielder to go with the bowler Nice. Yeah, and that's important, right? Your electric wiki. Yep. 
it's a lost art on many people. I think that we could turn this into the the benefits of backyard cricket, how to make a pitch, and the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, we had, we had a huge backyard um, growing up, so it was very useful. How would you how would you describe your experience of family, Dan? Um, I think it was uh, yeah, it was. I, I grew up in a small country town uh, up far north coast of New South Wales, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we we were just like a we weren't. Yeah, you know, we didn't live on a farm or anything, but we were, we were country bumpkins. We 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 lived up there. We had a pretty simple upbringing. Um, yeah, but we, we we were happy. We we you know we didn't go on many holidays or anything like that. We but we spent a lot of time in the backyard playing sport yep. with one another, building cubby houses. Yeah, you know, the usual kind of thing. Three boys. We we got up to a bit of mischief. I reckon three boys in a, in a. In a country neighbourhood like that, I reckon you were more than mischief. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about that on, on the record. Yeah, that's right. Well, I would offer that the statute of limitations has probably passed, but I acknowledge that uh, there are some secrets that need to be kept. With cricket, it's obviously something that is a passion for you. Uh, is that the thing that you would describe as being your most passionate about? Um, probably... It's, it's certainly right up there. I mean, I'm 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 pretty passionate about comedy as well. I I always wanted to be a comedy writer or or something like that. So, which explains why I got a degree in mathematics. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so I I um yeah, comedy is my other great passion, which is why Twitter is so good because you know I, yep. I, I basically just found the the intersection in the Venn diagram of cricket and comedy, which is a really large intersection if. Uh, I know a lot of people find cricket very, very dull, but um, there's really, really funny stuff that goes on in cricket all the time. Mm. So yeah, that, that's that's where I like to target my efforts. And and that's in fact how I tripped over you was seeing someone. I think they retweeted uh, one of your cricket tweets, uh, and I have just been hooked ever since. I, I've I've been a long, uh, long time fan, not as passionate or devoted as my wife, but certainly a, a long time fan of cricket, uh, and to to have. Your tweets accompany me through the Australian summer uh, is just delightful. Thank you very much. As far as, um, you know, that, that Venn diagram, comedy and cricket and those sorts of things, do you find that uh, people take you seriously? They maybe don't get the joke sometimes? Every now and then. I think uh, sometimes uh, the comedy gets lost in translation perhaps to without generalising too much, uh, you know, Indian or Pakistan oh, supporters. Course, yeah. if, if you make fun of their teams, they may take it more seriously than than other people do. But it's not just limited to to people who may not have English as a first language. Uh, mm. Often, you know, if I make fun of England, which is, you know, always very tempting, then um, <laughs> I'll, I'll also get some English people not, not taking it in the manner in which it was intended as well. And you know, every now and then I'll make fun of Australia. Actually, I make fun of Australia just as much as any other team. And yes. um, there are a lot of Australian fans who don't always find that funny either. Yeah. Okay, we're do? idiots, Dan, seriously. Yeah. Australian cricket fans at best are idiots. Yeah, that's true. Not my followers, but all the others. <laughs> that's right. You, you clearly have managed to garner uh, you know, the amount that rise to the top that are not idiots. Yeah, exactly. But those that choose not to follow you clearly must be idiots. The watch the influx of people follow you now. Um, in in doing so, has your tweeting about cricket um, 
garnered you any attention from the team? Has anyone have you got any feedback to say that you know these guys saw this, and they thought it was really funny, or that sort of thing? Uh, I, I have had I've had very occasional interactions with with people on uh, cricketers on Twitter. I've, I've got a few mm. that follow me. Um, they, they tend to be younger players who haven't quite made the Australian team yet. Um, I've, I've got a few older players who have blocked me, so they're, they're the humorless ones. Um, <laughs> you too, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, not. I, 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 had, I had an amusing interaction with uh, Mitchell Johnson the other week. So yeah, he um, he noticed. Uh, I kind of I kind of made a passing reference to him, and he replied and seemed to think at the beginning of it, when he typed out the tweet that I was Glenn Maxwell because I have Glenn Maxwell as my avatar. Um, and then about halfway through the tweet, he realized I wasn't and, but I just had a picture of him. Um, and then rather than just not tweeting it, he tweeted this tweet anyway at me. So I I didn't, I didn't know what to make of that. So hello, Mitchell, if you're listening. Yeah, that's right. Look, I'm sure he is. Yeah. Uh, The the cricket, they, they sit down as part of their, uh, their preparation for each game and have a listen to the episodes. It's good that you've got these younger players connecting with you and following and, and, and those sorts of things. Because if nothing else, when they come into greatness, there's your opportunity, Dan. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what's a, what it's an opportunity to do, but it's, it's some kind of opportunity anyway. Oh, look, it'll only take you know a, a passing mention uh, on the very excellent Channel 9 cricket coverage uh, for you to, to have your own... You'll be the next Billy Birmingham. Oh, God, I hope not. Um, <laughs> the, the, um, the, sorry, sorry, Billy. The, the the Channel 9 people actually did, did mention one of my tweets once a few years ago and my, my phone just buzzed with, with insanity. So that, that was that was a crazy moment. It's always it's always a bit of fun when the stuff that you do gets noticed, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's um it's also very strange when it when it does as well. Do you find that it's not often, you know, the what you think are the really funny things that you tweet or the really classic moments? They they might get overlooked, but it's this obscure, um, you know, often you know, offhanded one liner that seems to get all the attention. Yeah, almost certainly. The my, some of my favourite tweets have just gone out into the into the world, and like they've got you know a couple of likes, a couple of retweets, and no one's paid any attention. Other things that I'm just like, oh well, I'll tweet it out because I can't think of anything better. Get like hundreds of retweets. I'm just I I have no idea anymore what people find find amusing. Or what's going to get retweets or favourites? So I, I just yeah, I just do what I do, and I figure it'll all even out in the end. Is cricket the only place that your comedy has surfaced? Um, it's the only place that it's that it's surfaced in any significant way. I, I I've had um, you know I've got my personal Twitter account, which I don't really pay an awful lot of attention to, to be honest. Mm. Although I have just started tweeting out. Um, because my, my other great passion is Survivor. I, I love the TV show Survivor. And now that Australian Survivor is on, I'm, I'm going to be covering that and tweeting about that. So I'm, I'm not doing that from my cricket account. Um, I'm mm-hmm. doing that via, via my personal account. And, uh, yeah, so, well, th- so there's probably a, a, a bit of comedy there. But, mm, I, yeah, I, I haven't delved too much into that. I have to say that your grading reports of uh, the Survivor episodes so far have been very, very funny and very accurate too. Thank you. I, I've found that the, um, uh, the... 
let's talk Survivor for a second because let's face it, it's a great show and I've loved what they're doing with it with 10. The challenge that they ran on the Monday night, the second episode of Australian Survivor, the the, the big challenge that had the air quotes, sacrificial lambs, yep. they didn't seem so sacrificial. No, I know. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I, I had no idea what the purpose of the sacrificial lambs were. They didn't sacrifice them in any way. Um, they just kind of ran them through. I, I, I think mm. I tweeted out that it was basically an Australia Day lamb commercial gone wrong. <laughs> All you needed was Sam Kekovich walk through the background and exactly. we're done. Yeah, I, I was wondering where Sam was. He, he would have made an interesting host, I think. There's a missed integration, isn't it? Yep. Channel 10, sort yourselves out. Now, Australian Survivor, you mentioned you're, you're a big Survivor fan. How, how do you reckon it stacks up versus the 20, what are we, 32 season monolith? I think, I think season 33 starts in about a month, so you're yeah, 32 down, cannot wait. 33 coming. Um, I think it's a bit early to tell. I think uh, like the first mm-hmm. two episodes of Australian Survivor have been good, but they haven't been great. They've been, mm-hmm. you know, Des, Des was a very amusing character. Um, but, Idiot. But, I can't believe they got rid of him. Yeah. But the, uh, the, the rest... The rest of it so far, there's moments. You can feel that it's potentially building to something. Mm. But it's, I find it very difficult to judge how good a Survivor season is from episode to episode. It's really, it's really how it builds over time. You can, you can, have, some, you can have great episodes here and there. Um, yes. But, but usually, usually it's a slow build. You get these character arcs that go over three or four episodes, you know, rises and falls of certain players. And so I, I think after only two episodes of the Australian one, it's a little bit hard to tell. Sure. We, we can pass judgment on uh, the probed clone, uh, Jonathan LaPaglia, though. How do you think he's doing? He's doing okay. He's, he's probed light at the moment, isn't he? He needs... Um, yes. He hasn't, hasn't really embraced any any of it as his own, as his own really. He's, 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 just, he's just kind of taken the probed trademark quotes and all that kind of stuff. And mm. he's just you, regurgitated them for himself, basically. So I haven't really got a strong feel for him. He doesn't seem to have the narration of the challenges down as well as Jeff does. Mm. Jeff's, Jeff can kind of whip anything into a frenzy, regardless of how tedious it is. Um, <laughs> yes. But uh, but Lapalia hasn't quite mastered that yet, I don't think. He's kind of Always, he seems, he seems to be a little bit behind, and obviously that can't be because that's just an editing thing. They can just move his audio up if they need to. Yeah, but he, he seems to be a little bit behind the action, so I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Yeah, you're right. I think that's a that's a, a determined choice by uh, the editors or the producers to have here. You've seen it now. We'll tell you that it happened yeah. instead of telling us while it's happening. Which builds that energy, doesn't it? If we're hearing it commentated at the same time rather than that beat later. Um, it draws you in a little more. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, his tribal council efforts. I, I, I think I think there's a real art to the tribal council, which you know Jeff has built over those 32 seasons. Yeah. And I'm not sure Lapali has quite got the knack for teasing out the the drama and controversy yet. But eh, maybe you'll get there. I thought it was hilarious to pull. Uh, you know, when they first turn up and get off the garbage trucks or whatever they were. And they all sort of assemble and he's, you know, you, you know, bouncy hair or whatever. And he's calling them out, pretending like he doesn't know their names, having the first introduction discussion. And then like, what, 24 hours later, they're at tribal council. He knows everybody. Yeah. He knows who they are, what their strengths are. He's trying to niggle. He's he's peeling back layers. Jonathan. Yeah. 
Now, yeah, the the the, the little the little behind the scenes tricks are a little bit more obvious um, on the Palia compared to Probst. Probst seems to have you know he, he smooths over the cracks. He's, he's an old pro at this now, so mm. now obviously they're like obviously Probst also sometimes starts a season pretending not to know anybody, and then you know comes together at tribal council and starts needling them all uh, with full knowledge of what's going on, but. But he, he does it more smoothly. There, there, there's you know there's there's a greater experience there where he knows what's going on and can integrate it much more smoothly. You're right. It, it is it is tough to make direct comparisons given that as you said, Jeff's been doing it for 32 would be 33 by the time we see him seasons. Yep. Um, so he um, he knows the game. He's a he's a executive producer of the show. He's connected with it. He loves it very clearly, um, and. He knows even his personality beats that he needs to play through. At the start, you've got to be light. You've got to keep it keep it happy. They're all excited. You be excited with them. And then he has to be the school mum sometimes where he has to shut stuff down. Um, he can play it really serious when there's a serious medical evacuation or whatever, or, or like ever, everyone was fainting episode yep. uh, in the last series of Survivor. Yeah, where they I, had a big I, I challenge. think Probst is... You go ahead, please. Oh, I, was, I was just going to say, I, I think Probst is fantastic. He's... he's, he's multi-dimensional he, he does get a fair bit of grief he's easy to make fun of which you know is why we do it um mm. but yeah I, I think he does a really good job he's covered some really tricky areas uh, some tricky racial areas especially in america there's there's been mm-hmm. several times over the seasons where you know there's been all kinds of uncomfortable situations there's been as you say life or death literally life or death situations um and of course he's you know he's also got to provide a bit of comedy relief he's got to you know, be the be the commentator, the adjudicator of the mm-hmm. challenges. He's it's a it's a big role, and you know? he does it he does it brilliantly. I would never want to play poker with him ever, because <laughs> that guy, uh, we, like, if you think that he that, not you, if the generic you thinks that he's turning up to challenges and doesn't know what's going on politically in the tribes, or up to, particularly to a tribal council and hasn't been fully briefed and even seen the footage, you are kidding yourself. He knows. He knows what's going on, and he keeps it super closed. Uh, there's certainly some prizes, I think, particularly at tribal councils. There's surprises that catch even him. Yep. But he knows a lot of what's going on, right? I think you need to to be a good host, don't you? Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine you'd be able to do your job properly if you didn't know what was going on. Yeah. God, I love Survivor. It's so much fun. Do you have a favourite season? Uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty boring in the sense that I'll say Heroes vs. Villains, which is, I think everyone says is their favourite season. Hmm. They've only had one season, haven't they? One Heroes v. Villains, yeah. yeah Heroes season 20, Villains, yeah. yeah. And that was where Johnny Two-Face returned um, and everyone knew him to be the villain and he played it pretty straight. Like, he didn't pull anything big because that was such an amazing moment. I, like, I look back, I think through all of the series of Survivor and there have been some big moments, but that one where he pulls the grandma died. Oh, no, no, you're thinking of Johnny Fairplay. That was season Johnny Fairplay, uh, sorry, yeah. seven. Yeah, like it was early yeah. on. Yeah, he came, he came back in season sixteen, but he he didn't last too long in season sixteen. That was um, fans versus favorites. That's yeah. You'd have to get rid of him. You would have to get rid of him early because you cannot trust the dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, fa- fans are fa- fans versus favorites is probably my second or third favorite season. It's um, yeah. It it, it was certainly the funniest season. So that that, yeah. that, that oh. always appeals to me. Do you have a favorite player? Um. I think my favourite player is Tony from a few years ago. He, um, Tony was great. Tony was crazy mm-hmm. and strategic and 
he was the perp- he, he, spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen season twenty eight. I think it was um, Tony. Tony went on to win that season, and, yes, and yeah. he was. Uh, I think it's the first time that the biggest character on the season is, was also the best player, um, mm. and that, that's just that, that was just made it brilliant. He was pulling every single trick you could think of, and everyone was bamboozled by him. Everyone thought he was a joke, and then he just kept surviving and eventually won the game. He was fantastic. I love Tony. He was hustling so hard, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was great. And I, I think I remember even even in the last couple of episodes where it's getting down to that final sort of four, five, six, uh, and one of his uh, pieces to camera was he's talking about, he said, I'm just, I'm so tired because I'm on all the time. Yeah, apparently I'm, he I'm never slept. Just keeping the balls in the air. Wow. Wow. Surprised he didn't run around like a, you know, a bumblebee in the second last episode, just out of sheer tiredness. Yeah, and and the good news is that there are whispers about that he's coming back in season thirty four. So I can't wait to watch him again. Oh, I'm loving that they're giving um, the audience a chance to vote previous survivors back into like they're running these series now where they're just pulling. Um, you know, was it was the last one or the one before where it was just oh yeah, everybody that's in it has been in it before, and the fans have had the chance to nominate and vote. And basically, at the the tribal of the season before that, we're revealing who's going to Survivor. That's yeah, that, that was fantastic. I love that. That, that. that was another fantastic season as well. I, I'd rank that in my top five. So great to see the disappointment on some of them that thought they were going for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like the best. It was the Miss America beauty pageant, you know, where the wrong person gets crowned. And uh, yes, yeah, that. And then the moment where they've got to hand the crown back, that's what you saw from some of those faces where they thought they were getting on the plane. They didn't get on the plane. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. Oh, very good. Um, look, Survivor cast, this could be, but I, I think we probably need to talk about some other stuff, Dan. I appreciate uh, your your openness about that. I, I am with you in your love of Survivor. It is so fun. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm happy so to fun. move on to other things, but I could also talk about Survivor for hours. But, you know, we, we probably should move on. What is your superpower, Mr. Libke? Oh, God. Um, people always ask me for directions. Pretty mm-hmm. much everywhere I go, no matter no matter what, people will come up and say, how do I get to wherever, which I, I often can't help them, but they will always ask. Oh, I must always look as if I know where I'm going. So that's my superpower. <laughs> what, looking like you know where you're going? Yeah. Yep. Do you know where you're going? Not always, but um, I, I, I guess that that's, that's died down a little bit in the past, you know, five or six years now that everybody has smartphones with maps built in. But, in, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it would happen like literally every time I was I was out. People would just come and say, "How do I get to?" I'd be in the middle of Chinatown, and people would like you know leap over millions of Chinese-looking people to get to me and say, "How do I get to you know this Yum Cha place?" I have no idea. Go ask one of them. <laughs> maybe you've got that kind, welcoming face that they think this guy will know. Yeah, maybe. Do you uh, do you find that uh, as superpowers go? Uh, that that's something that you would rather trade in for something else? Um, yeah, probably. I mean, it's not particularly useful, is it? Uh, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm telling other people where to go, not really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what other superpowers I, I would like. I mean, I, I'd, be, I'd be a big fan of, of, you know, tricking people into paying me more money to write for them. That, that sounds I like do. a good... Or, or even just paying me more money to... You know, sit around and watch TV. I, I don't care. Pay, just pay me more money. Yeah, that's a good superpower. 
Yes. I'm currently in between jobs, was made redundant, now looking for a new one. And uh, last week, I just treated it like a week off. And honestly, awesome. I could I could very easily slip into being unemployed as long as I was paid yeah. uh, what I was being paid in my last job. Yeah, that's the trick, isn't it? Tricking people into paying you money to not do anything. I think the only way to do that these days now is to leave your former organisation in some kind of blaze of glory or controversy sealed under non-disclosure agreements uh, that they just go, here is five years' worth of your salary, never speak to us again. Oh, that's a good idea. I'll, I'll, I'll have to work on that for next time, I, next time I leave a job. Or be a really inept CEO and uh, you know grind the company into the ground but still get your bonus and early termination bonuses and things. Yeah, well, I've got the really inept part down, so I've <laughs> just got to be promoted to CEO now. Oh, look, form an orderly queue, please. Yeah. What can't you tolerate? What can't I tolerate? Um... I'm I'm a pretty tolerant person for the most part. I'm I can I can put up with with an awful lot. I, I don't mm. like what don't I like? What can't I tolerate? The thing that makes me maddest is when I lose things. Mm. Um, that, that's pretty trivial. Like if I lose my keys, I lose my shit. I'm I'm not a happy camper. Um, but what can't I tolerate? I th- I think I can't tolerate. Ignorance, basically. I, I can't tolerate people who who don't want to learn and don't want to think about what they're saying. So mm-hmm. I think that I think that's the thing I find most frustrating. People, people who, yeah, pe- people who don't want to don't want to think about what they're doing and don't want to learn. They're happy to just wallow in in ignorance. That's a very serious answer, isn't it? And, and that's totally fair. Yeah, we don't have to be light and fluffy all the time. Do you come across those people often? Not really. I'm I'm pretty good at not putting up with nonsense from people who behave that way. So I'm 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 very lucky. I'm I'm very good at just being able to ignore such people and let them go away. I, I yeah, I, I I don't interact with such people very often because I just don't want to put up with it. Yep. What happens when we die, Dan? Um, we decompose. Not nothing happens when we die. We're dead. Yeah. We we go back to being nothing. That's my so from anyway. from cellularly not much to cellularly not much. Pretty much, yeah. You know the the neurons in our brain slowly stop firing and our heart stops pumping and then they bury us and or burn us, and that's about it. What what do you then, as the, which is a fair enough belief to hold, what what do you make of the often then religious based controversies that seem to be attracting our government? Um, I yeah I don't I don't I I would be happy um, if that went away. I, I, I I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm very rational. I'm very logical, and you know driven by science rather than any kind of religious-based ideology. Yeah. So the, the idea that decisions are being made on my behalf based upon something that you know, I certainly don't believe in and for which there is no scientific evidence, um, yes. I find that frustrating. But I also, you know, I'm, I'm, I also believe that there are, you know, there, are, there are limits to my powers and I try not to get frustrated by things I can't change. 
So I, I know that I can't change that. I know that, you know, whatever it was, 50.2% of people voted for this government mm. and therefore they're the government and therefore they'll do what they believe is right. And in three years' time, you know, may, maybe some, some other government with a different opinion will get in. And, you know, well, I'll have to go along with all the things that they believe in and that even, even if I disagree with some of those as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I try not to get too stressed out by things I can't change. Some people, particularly on Twitter, tend to get very stressed out by those things. Yeah, that, I, 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 that's not how I enjoy using Twitter. I, I enjoy <laughs> using Twitter to make jokes. I'm, I'm, I try not to get too politically heavy on there. Yeah. Which is... But, you know, fair, yes. fair play to people who do. Safest, if, quite if, often. If you want to be political, go for it. Oh, yeah. Like, knock yourself out, right? But, yeah, you are opening up a door to a lot of stuff. Are you doing what Dan of Year 11 thought he would be doing? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, like I said, I, I pretty, pretty much always wanted to write and specifically write comedy. Mm. And for the most part, I'm getting away with that. Uh, I, Good. You know, I, I, as I mentioned before, I, I got a degree in mathematics as a backup plan because I'm a very sensible person. My mother was a very sensible person and she said... Mm. You know, you may not be able to make enough money writing comedy. Uh, so do this other thing that you're good at and which people will pay you more more to do. And so that, that's always been a good backup plan. And But I prefer the comedy writing. If I could write comedy full-time and earn enough money to live on, I'd be very happy. To the extent that I can't, then, you know, I fall back on a little bit of maths data analysis work here and there. But, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm probably 60 to 70% of the way to where I want to be. So yeah, well, that's I'm, awesome. I'm pretty happy, and my year eleven self would be pretty pleased. I think. Excellent. And, and what what comedy writing are you doing? Are you writing for, um, uh, for shows? Are you writing for specific people? Are you writing for publications? How does that manifest for you? Uh, I do. I do a bit of writing. I mean, I've got cricket uh, writing, which I mostly do for the raw.com.au website. Uh, mm-hmm. That's. Uh, as you discussed before, the, the the ratings which I did for Survivor, I've been doing the ratings again for for pretty much every game uh, Australia plays at cricket. Uh, I do a ratings follow up for that. Um, I, I do um, a little bit of other writing for other publications here and there. I've got my own website, um, leabcricket.com, to go along with the the name, which you know I've I've, I've got a couple of ongoing routines there i'm counting down the 40 funniest cricketers of all time i've got you know other things going on there which i'm which i'm looking to parlay into uh into money as well so so yeah it's it's basically just i I write for myself for the most part and then i look to see if you know who who wants to buy it who wants to pay for it if they want to pay for it they're more than welcome to have it if they don't i'll I'll throw it on my own website yeah yeah well Yes, getting people to pay for it, very key, very important, very helpful. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that's the big trick. I mean, and I'm, sl- I'm slowly getting there. When I, when I first started on Twitter, I, none of that even occurred to me. I just wanted to make silly jokes uh, about cricket. And then after a while, it was suggested to me, well, maybe you could, you know, you've, you've tweeted a whole heap of good stuff about this particular test or this particular game. Why don't you just you know repurpose it into an article? And that's where I came up with the rating system, which 
basically is just an excuse for me to repackage all my tweets into an article and publish that, add a few more jokes, and away I go. So, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, works well. Works very well. You mentioned you're doing a countdown yep. of the top 40 funniest cricketers. Where are we up to at time of recording this? Where are you at? Where are you at? This morning I published number 29, I believe. Great, and that is? Uh, that was, it's a, it's a, um, probably a little more obscure one. It's Kevin O'Brien who played for Ireland and who scored the fastest World Cup century of all time against England, which was to knock England out of that World Cup. Um, I think, at least I think he knocked them out. He, he certainly did damage to them anyway. So anything yes. that makes England look stupid, um, Always gets bonus points, and and he did it with pink hair, and he did a whole heap of other funny things. So he's number twenty nine, but you know we've had a lot of the a lot of the usual suspects are still to come. Of course, yes. Oh, look, it's going to be great. It, that's that's a list I recommend to people. Make sure you uh, check that out. What are you going to achieve in the next twelve months? Um, good question. Hopefully, hopefully, get more more of these. Uh, articles paid for by other people, so that, that that's the next goal. I've, I've got a new section on my website, essentially a Patreon account, except I, I'm skipping the Patreon portion of it, so people will just pay me directly, and I, I don't have to pay the Patreon overlords uh, any mm. cut. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I've, I've got a little bit of income coming in from that. I'm hoping to expand that. I'm hoping to yeah, ba- basically just earn a little bit more money from the cricket writing, so I can focus more on that. And then yeah. The more people support me, the, the more I get. Sorry to turn this into a massive plug. No, please. That's we're about to get to the, the serious plugs anyway. But no, that's totally fine. I'm always interested in finding out how people uh, fund. Particularly in my world, it's particularly podcasts, but other things that they do because Patreon has become very popular. As has you know, obviously Kickstarters and those sorts of things to start or or to get things off the ground. But in a longevity point of view, uh, you're right. Some of the, they they cost money to get the money. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's always a, something I'm interested to know what and how and why, so that one day I can just collate it all and make billions. Oh, well, uh, yeah. if you work out how to do that, you pass it on to me too. Thanks. Oh, you'll get an acknowledgement in the book. Excellent. Look forward to that. Hey, Dan. Yep. Thank you so much for the chance to speak with you today. Please know the things that you said are very special and you're highly valued, man. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Can you tell me, obviously you are a tweeting person. Are there other social accounts or websites or plugs that you would like to offer uh, and have people know about? Sure. I mean, I've I've got my personal accounts, which I won't put out, but I've also got a page on Facebook. Again, if you search for Lieb Cricket, that's L-I-E-B Cricket. On Facebook, you can follow me there or you can, yeah, just follow me on on Twitter. This has been Humans of Twitter and I can confirm that at Lieb Cricket is indeed human. Good to hear.